Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo today, here for one more hour on a Thursday afternoon, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch this show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you can't listen live, no problem. You can always check it out on demand anytime you want. And, of course, you can check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I will have the baseball stock watch article up today looking at players who are on the rise, players whose stock is down, and what should you do with them? Should you buy low? Should you sell? So you can check that out. Uh, you also have the closer depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He's going to join me on the show tomorrow at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. We got three fantasy football sleepers from Scott Atkins. And Dr. Oda takes a look at the Baltimore Ravens training camp questions. We'll have my two-start pitcher article up over the weekend. I hope you get you set for next week. Sean Childs will have his waiver wire article for baseball. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can ask them on the message board and the forums anytime you want, whether it's waiver wire ads, trades, strategy, whatever it is, we have you covered. We also have DFS, fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS. And don't forget, head on over to playffwc.com. Hop into Fantasy Football Draft today. We have Dynasty League Startups, Best Ball Drafts, the Online Championship, the World Championships, and it is made Madness. So if you put down your deposit of $200 right now, you will qualify for a $1,795 free entry if you win the drawing so if you want to get involved in that get the 200 deposit dollar deposit in and remember we'll be out at the palms in las vegas first weekend of the fantasy football season always a good time be out there watching the thursday night game and then the sunday uh football be out there all day so come hang out and join us uh and again different price points uh, different hour clocks got one three four and six hour clocks. so some people are very impatient they don't want to wait, so you can go in the draft with a one-hour clock or a three-hour. If you don't mind, you have patience, you have things to do, get in a six-hour clock. So whatever it is, uh, just find what is best for you. Matt Modiga from The Athletic will join me in the next segment, talk some more baseball with him. Uh, but let's take a look at some news. Uh, Charlie Blackman was pulled from today's game uh, with an apparent injury, so we don't know what it is yet. Uh, but uh, certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, I do have Charlie Blackman in one league, and in that league, I've just gotten hit by injuries hard lately. A 15-team league, uh, lost Nelson Cruz, uh, lost Kenta Maeda, although Kenta Maeda is going to start this Sunday, and that's the tough. That's the one thing about weekly leagues that really bothers me. So originally, I thought Kenta Maeda was going to pitch Sunday because they said that 
he was going to miss the minimum amount of time required. And this goes back to something that Joe said in the previous segment about teams manipulating the injured list. I don't think a lot of teams do it. I think it's clear the Dodgers have been doing it with their pitchers last year and this year too because they have such depth and they have a lot of guys that are just not going to throw 150, 160 innings. And I talked about it in the preseason. It wasn't going to deter me from taking those guys, the Maedas, the Ryus, the Striplings, the Urias, because uh, I don't care. I'll, I'll figure it out. Just, you know, when you're on the mound, you're going to give me good numbers for the most part. So I'll deal with it. So originally I had Maeda in my lineup this week because I was like, okay, he's going to pitch Sunday. Then I saw that Kershaw was going to pitch Sunday. And, you know, they had a day off. I think they have a five-game week, so he was going to go Tuesday, Sunday. I was like, oh, man, I, I don't want to risk putting Maeda in and then he doesn't pitch. So I took him out. So, like, Sunday night I set the lineup. I had Maeda in. And then Monday when I saw him, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take him out. And, of course, now he's going to pitch on Sunday. So that's one of the things that kind of sucks sometimes. But So I'll get him back, but I got uh, uh, Cruz on the injured list, uh, Clevenger. So I, I can't afford to, to lose Blackbit now. So – at least uh, we'll have some news before Sunday, and I can make the appropriate move on the waiver wire, even though there's not a ton, a lot of outfielders there. But uh, if we get any news on Charlie Blackman during the show, we'll let you know and keep you posted on that uh, for the Rockies as Blackman is really just heating up. Jose Altuve took BP on Wednesday, and he is close to a rehab assignment, so he should be back. That'll hurt a guy like a Ledmus Diaz, and I wonder if they use him a little bit more uh, kind of like Marwin Gonzalez, you know, he can play all over the diamond. They really haven't shown that yet, uh, but you know, maybe he plays a little first base. I don't know, uh, something to keep an eye on. I do have Diaz in a couple leagues. I might hold on to him unless uh, I don't have the spot, and you know, he's in my starting lineup, but I don't have anyone on the bench. But I think a deeper format, if you can, might be worth holding on to to see if they can utilize him. And get him some more at-bats because he's been good when he has been out there. Travis Shaw had his first rehab game on Wednesday. He went 0-3 for 3 at AAA. So he's probably going to be there for at least uh, several more days. Maybe even longer. I mean, they obviously want to get him going. He was really struggling at the major league level with a 163, 266, 281 slash line. Uh, he was hit on the wrist by a pitch, I think, like a month ago, and obviously probably try to play through it. It's bothering him. Or this could be that phantom injury because they wanted to get Keston Hira up and also give Shaw a mental break and get him going. So I think Shaw is pretty interesting. If you go look at your waiver wire, he was probably dropped in a lot of leagues last week. And, you know, I might be putting in bids to get him. I do have him in one league, a 15-team league. He's on my bench. Uh, I do have a couple of injuries there. I think I'll be able to hold on to him for at least another week. Uh, depending on what happens here over the next few days. But, you know, Hira has been pretty good so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Shaw because I don't think they're going to give up on him. And there's really not much. I guess they could always use him at first base, you know, if they don't play Aguiar and Thames much or mix him in. So definitely worth watching it. You know, a lot of times we have this situation and it tends to work out. Either players get injured, unfortunately, or whatever it is. Sometimes it tends to work itself out. J.D. Martinez was out of the starting lineup again today. First, it was an illness earlier in the week. Then it turned out to be a back issue, which he's had in the spring. So, you know, you're always worried about a back. It usually pops up. We're seeing it with Christian Yelich now, and we've seen it with J.D. Martinez. So uh, he's been able to avoid the injury list so far. 
We'll see if he is back in there tomorrow. The Phillies sent Cole Irvin to Triple A. He gave up seven runs in four and two-thirds innings yesterday against the Cubs. I know the wind was blowing out a little bit, but I didn't want to spend on Irvin. Uh, I know there wasn't many pitchers out there in 15-team leagues, and you, know, you take the shot sometimes, but uh, Cole Irvin was someone that I didn't even put in a dollar bid on because I just didn't think he would be up here long. I'm still waiting to see what the Phillies do with Pavetta. He's been very good in the minor leagues. you got to figure he gets a, a chance again at some point. And Pavetta was someone that in January, February, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to like Pavetta this year. You know, you look at the underlying numbers, and he should be better, and he's got the strikeouts and not many walks and, you know, home runs at a time and some poor luck. So, yeah, I'll draft Pavetta. And then I saw his price, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, he's going in the 10th, 11th round? I'm not feeling that. Now, I have him in one league. It was an auction league. I said $9.00. I was almost sure someone was going 10. No one did. So I got him. I said, okay, $9 is not too bad, especially if he's able to exceed expectations. And I've held on to him. Uh, I think he should be up soon. And in that league, I guess I'm fortunate there are IL spots. And uh, my IL spots are filled right now. So I might get to the point where I can't hold him. But I'm trying to hold on, thinking that he could come back and hopefully – getting his head clear in the minor leagues, figuring some things out. He comes back up, and he's able to perform better. Ryan Zimmerman still having discomfort in his foot while running. Uh, look, it's really tough to have any confidence in him. Uh, he's got that plantar fasciitis again. Uh, I did draft him in one league because it was, I don't know, around 25, 26. So I said, all right, well, look, when he is healthy, he hits. It's a good Nationals lineup. I like the Nationals coming into the year, so I drafted him. And, you know, use them occasionally at the corner infield spot. But as soon as he got hurt, I cut him. I said, okay, we know how this goes. He's got a history of injuries. I'm not waiting around. In a league with no IL spots, I'm not waiting around for Ryan Zimmerman. Because, like I said, at the beginning of the year, he's healthy. I'll put him in there. Once he gets hurt, that's it. Done. Wilmer Flores has a fractured right foot. Just bad luck for this guy, man. I really thought going over to Arizona that he would really produce, you know, Seeing him with the Mets, he's a guy that just needs the opportunity to play every day. You know, he he could hit right-handed pitching. You know, he didn't always get that opportunity. Then, of course, the Diamondbacks went out, got Andrew Jones, and then you're like, oh, not Andrew Jones, Adam Jones. Sorry, caught myself there. But he got Jones. He, you know, he was going to get playing time, and he's done well. And then Cattell Marte, so it kind of hurt. Flores, at least, you know, and he's gotten a decent amount of bats. The power's not there. He's hitting 281, two homers, 14 RBIs on the season, you know, especially with this ball. I thought he would be able to hit for more power, but we know these guys tend to be streaky. So at some point, if he got an opportunity, I think maybe he'd uh, hit some more home runs. Uh, surprisingly, his fly ball rate is, is down. It's uh, probably the worst I've ever seen, 34.8% in his career. So. Uh, he's going to miss some time, so I think he's a guy you don't really have to hold on to now. Pedro Strope was able to throw a 25-pitch bullpen session on Wednesday. I'm really interested to see what they do here. Now, Strope was good before he got hurt. He had one really bad outing where he blew a save. But Steve Ciszek has been good, and they really have confidence. I mean, Joe Madden doesn't have much confidence in any of the guys in his bullpen right now. He definitely has confidence in Ciszek. You know, yesterday, Tyler Chatwood... Came into the game in the fifth inning through four innings. He started the ninth in an 8-4 game, gave up a hit, and then they brought in c -Sheck. So it wasn't a safe situation, but c got out of it.
But uh, he, he's been good, and he has that closer experience. You know, he does walk guys from time to time. He does not give up home runs, and I've always said it for a closer. It's very important, man. It's He's allowed one home run this year at 23 innings. He allowed five last year and 70 and a third and three and 44 and two-thirds. So, uh, again, I don't think Strope did anything to deserve losing his job, but Ciszek has been really good. So even if Strope comes back, I'd hold on to Ciszek to see – how it works out, uh, but Ciszek gets a ton of ground balls. He's allowing hardly any con- hard contact. His hard contact this year, 13.8%. I mean, that is just ridiculous. So it's only two months, but I would not be dropping him. And, and this is a lesson, too. I've said it numerous times, but I don't think it sinks in all the time because I got this question on the message board yesterday at fulltimefantasy.com. The guy said, Fernando Tatis is coming off the injured list. Who should I drop? And I've always said this, do not make a move for any player that you think that is close to coming off the injured list until he actually comes back. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care. Even Elvis Andrews. They are saying Elvis Andrews will be activated Saturday. Don't make a move today. Don't make a move tomorrow. Wait until Saturday until he's in the lineup. And depending on your league software, too, because some of the league software enforces it. I know for me, I use CBS for my home league, and I enforce it. So basically what happens is, you cannot change your lineup until you activate the player off the injured list, which means you could have the same lineup for five days if you want to hold that player. But, you know, if it's a daily league like mine is, then you might have a pitcher on your bench that's starting and you want him in your lineup, so you have to make the move. Other leagues, they're not as strict. You could wait potentially the whole week and leave the guy on the injured list. So the point is never make that move. Like, the guy was asking about Tatis because he probably saw a report that said, oh, Tatis should be back soon. But then the report later was he's not going to appear in the upcoming road trip, which means he's still about a week away. So that's why you don't make the move. Because you could get reports that you see, and as soon as you see the report, oh, Tatis is coming back. Who am I going to drop? You drop someone, and then another report comes out saying, yeah, we're going to wait another week. Now you drop the player that you were – using or had on your bench and now you got an open spot and the other thing too you know people will be like okay fine i won't do it now but can you give me a name to drop uh so i have him ready to drop when tatis comes back well so much could happen between now and the time tatis comes back you could have another guy on your team go on the injured list and then the decision's made easy for you okay tatis is back boom activate him this guy got hurt, put him on the injured list. Just don't make these moves. Like People are such in a rush to drop players. Don't do it. Uh, and trust me, I've been there. We always want to plan ahead. I have no problem with looking ahead and saying, okay, you could have the, the puzzle in your mind. Say, all right, when Tatis comes back, I'm going to drop this guy. But you got to be ready to pivot because, as you see, injuries happen all the time. You know That guy could have had Charlie Blackman on his team, and Charlie Blackman left the game today. With an injury. We don't know what it is. We don't know if he's going to miss time. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe he had a mud butt and he'll be back in the lineup tomorrow. Who knows? But the point is, don't make these moves until absolutely necessary. And especially if the league software doesn't enforce it, I'd wait even longer. You know, wait a day or two. Uh, in a week league, it's easier to do. You know, especially if the, the move happens on a Tuesday. You don't have to make a move till next Monday. Unless it's like the... NFBC, but the NFBC, there's no injured list spot, so you don't have to worry about that. So the point is, wait it out. You know, even Kenta Maeda, you know, he's coming back Sunday. 
you don't have to activate someone right away. See what happens throughout the weekend and wait till Monday to get him back in there next week. Michael Conforto has resumed baseball activities. He's been dealing with a concussion. Obviously, the Mets need him back badly with the outfield that they're putting out there. So maybe he could be back soon. And a name to keep an eye on for the future is Alex Reyes. He's back in high A Palm Beach. He's going to be in the rotation. And then he'll go back to AAA. And uh, he had a, a fractured left pinky as he punched a wall uh, in April. But he's recovered. And, you know, Adam Wainwright hasn't been great. Michael Walker sucks, man. Oh, geez. I had him in my lineup in a couple leagues. And I got to get rid of this guy. I did drop him in a couple leagues. But 15-team leagues, there's not much out there. But, man, he's terrible. So Reyes could be a guy later in the season that could be on the radar and potentially on your fantasy teams. He's already uh, you know, saved some innings with the time he has missed, and that was a big concern for him. Lots more ahead. We'll talk more fantasy baseball when we return. Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. He will join me right here. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Morning after. You're making best friends with a guy recruiting you. He's your go-to it's, guy. There is that insulation between but the I think urban people actually said and the hard like yes, Nick Saban uh, sitting in someone's yes, kitchen. No, he's not. No, and you go insulation. to him, like you said. Hey, Corny, yeah. you, you go to him. Whoever that guy is recruiting you, he's insulating you from Saban. You're yes, go yes. You're never he doesn't want you to meet Saban because you're not exactly. going to go there. <laughs> exactly. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. And joining me now, it is Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. Matt, what is going on? Uh, happy Thursday afternoon, Mr. Ronis. <laughs> yeah, I see you, man. You're eating good. You just finished some chocolate cake. You were kind enough to put the picture on Twitter. Man, you, you eat pretty well, my man. Yeah, no, I, I do, but I was with my boy Vito today, and he took me out, so he just kept ordering food. I was trying to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You're always eating the desserts, man. I gotta, I gotta keep it light on the sugar, man. I gotta limit my intake of desserts. Uh, you're lucky that you can, you can indulge in this as much as you want. Well, we'll see for how long, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Next time you go to the doctor, they're gonna be like, "Wait a second, man." Ho- hopefully not, man. You know, some people are just blessed yeah, with good genetics. Not. Some people are just blessed with good genetics, right? They can eat whatever they want, and they're fine. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, so in some cases, that is true. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm ecstatic right now. I, I can't get over this Met win from Carlos Gomez, of all people. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I want to be excited about the Mets, but it's kind of hard with the lineup they're running out there. And I think this just goes to show how bad the Nationals are right now. And I can't believe that they're this bad because we're, I was talking to this about this with Joe Pizzabia. If you just looked at the two rosters, which roster would you take? No, no, you're, you're, I mean, you're 100% right. The Nationals didn't have Turner for, you know, six weeks and stuff. But look, with the, the Mets, look at the roster the Marlins have. We got swept three hits in two days. So this team could have easily rolled over. These were, you know, three big wins, especially the last two months, the eighth inning, coming back. I mean, look, we, we, we don't have much, so we have to be excited by this. <laughs> Look, and they have the Tigers this weekend, and the Tigers, I think, have a nine-game losing streak. They are up one nothing right now against the Marlins. Like the Mets have got to, and I know we kind of said this about the Marlins, like, oh, you got to sweep that series. Instead, they got swept. But I, I don't know what to make of this team. Jeff McNeil's hurt. Robinson Cano's hurt. I know they'll probably get Conforto back. They picked up Aaron Altair off waivers. Like, is this team, in your mind, still in the wild card contention? As long as the pitching stays healthy, I, I got to still believe Syndergaard is going to be better than what he's shown. Uh, the Grom's had pretty much three bad outings. 18 of his 25 runs have come in three outings that he's allowed all year. He, he's looking better. So, uh, you know, Max Curveball today, I don't know how he survived it. I really wasn't watching it, but listening on the radio for a bit. And then, you know, so look, it, the team can compete. I don't think Atlanta's pitching is that dominant. Soroka, you know, I love him. I have him on teams. And Max Fried are pitching really good. I don't think they have the depth, though. And the Phillies, you know, it's not like we couldn't catch the Phillies. Maybe we got to do something else. But it's not out of reach, and I think this team can compete. Even with the injuries right now, I think they'll do everything possible to try and compete. Is Carlos Gomez someone that you would pick up in 15-team leagues this weekend? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The guy guy I wanted, I was available in a couple of leagues this weekend, and I didn't do it. I had him as conditional. was actually for an outfielder. It was Albert Almora, but uh, I didn't get him. I don't know, man. I'd have to be really desperate. I mean, possibly, but... That, that's not a good situation if I'm doing that. Certainly. Obviously, this was a huge weekend in <laughs> FAB, and we saw a lot of money go out the window. I mean, just looking at some of the budgets in our auction league that's left, I mean, there's a lot of people that are down on like 100. I mean, you're down 105. So for people that did open mm-hmm. up the budget and don't have much left for the rest of the year, what is the strategy that you have to employ to maximize uh, the waiver wire the rest of the way? Uh, pretty much, you know, you've got to put very small bids down and you have to, it has to be somebody that you really want. Look, if you put a dollar bid or like a $2 bid 
on some pitchers or something. Or you need to be looking ahead, like look at a pitching planner two weeks out. So you're not really competing with the two-star guys of the following week. You have them on your roster for just a couple of dollars. Uh, me and Andy Saxon last year were in the, in the same spot. We had $214 left. We bid 114 on Juan Soto. It was basically the same exact time of the season. We were left with $100. We went on to win that main event. So I think you have to make shots. You could win with $100 of fab over the last four months. Yes, it's much easier if you have a hammer or, you know, three to $500 at this point. But, you know, sometimes somebody – look at Austin Riley. If you picked up Austin Riley, you've got to be pretty damn happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in on the bidding on him in a couple leagues. I just didn't get him. Did you wind up getting him anywhere? No, I, I did not. I just couldn't compete. Yeah, I think uh, probably the league I had the best shot was the GST, and uh, your boy Chris Vaccaro got him, and he had texted me the next day. He's like, how much did you bid on him? Because uh, I think he went 343 and got him, and I actually had some money in that league. I wound up getting Nicky Lopez instead, but I would have loved to gotten Riley, and I, I think he was the, pretty much the – high bid in every fab league this weekend where he's available. Uh, is that what you saw in your leagues too, that Riley was the guy that went for the most money in every one? Pretty much in most of them, but not all. In my uh, auction, in, in my ultimate auction, believe it or not, the highest bid player, the guy who edged out Riley, was Willie Calhoun, who's on the DL right now. But Calhoun was another guy. I, I mean, I, I liked all these guys. I don't, you can make a case for, like, all of them. So, you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I think that was just bad luck with Calhoun. I had a little bit of a concern of how much he would play uh, because, remember, he sat two days in a row, and then they played him against the lefty. So I figured, okay, look, at some point they're going to potentially trade a Hunter Pinch or Sinchu too, and you might have a little bit of a bumpy ride. But I think it was just bad luck for those that got Calhoun. Like, I don't think you could sit there and say, oh, I made a stupid mistake. You know, the guy got hurt. There's nothing much you can do. Yeah, no. You look. You you don't know this. You got you got to make the bids at that time. What happens after that? You know, people want to play Monday morning quarterback or all that kind of stuff. That's nonsense. You know, you you got to be. These are competitive leagues. You got to try and get these guys. You mentioned Nicky Lopez. For me and uh, Chris Picaro on our team, that's I think third overall in the main. His his guy. He said from beginning of that week for this whole Fabergetting was Nicky Lopez. For that team, he fit us the best. And to me, he was probably the most secure guy as far as playing time, role, everything, you know, up at that point when we were bidding. And we were happy to get him. You know, we, we bid. It put us in a spot where we have, uh, I don't know, like 10 to 15% left. But we're not worried about that. I mean, we can do it. We have a really good bench. And, you know, Things are going to change, but, you know. And then as the season goes on, people, even in, even in high-stakes leagues, there are going to be teams come August and September that just, that just fold. That's just how it goes. It's, it's fantasy baseball, fantasy football. That's just how it goes. That is true. We're talking to Matt Bodica from TheAthletic.com. Uh, what do you do with the closer situation for the Rockies? They said that it's going to be Oberg with Wade Davis on the injury list. Do you have confidence that Oberg can keep that job? Is he someone that you're going to 
put a decent amount of fab on if you have the money, or are you concerned that maybe he doesn't hold this job? Uh, I mean, look, yeah, he was pretty good last year. I think it's something that I don't think you have to put a ton. That's one thing I've seen this year. You really haven't had to put a lot of money on these guys. It's been more like in the range of five, maybe tops like 10%. On a lot of these guys, of course, people aren't sure. None of these guys have track records. So unless it was like Ryan Regier early on and you had to spend 30% or more or something like that, which I understood at the time, as far as closes go, I saw somebody a couple weeks ago bid 211 on Chris Martin. And that was just foolishness. I mean, look, I'm all for being aggressive and going at guys that still needs. But you knew that guy wasn't. At least I, I, mean, I, did, I thought that was evident. It would, it would be Kelly when he came back. And I still think it'll be Leclerc in the, in the long run. Completely agree. And I've said that all week and last week. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, that day, I couldn't believe that Chris Smart was going for two, three times the amount of Steve Ciszek. Now, Ciszek might not keep the job. But I thought the pathway to saves was better for him. Do you think Pedro Strope immediately gets the job back when he returns? I mean, Strope had one bad outing. He's been good. Ciszek's been really good. And it seems like Madden, to me, has a lot of confidence in Ciszek. We saw on Sunday he put him in there for mm-hmm. a seven-out save. Brought him in again last night in the 8-4 game. And he's been good. How do you think it plays out in Chicago? Uh, look, I'm, I told Vicaro, uh, I'm a bit worried. We have Strope on that team. And I was like, look. I don't think he just walked right in and it is. If Shishak keeps pitching well, you know, this might become a, you know, who's, who's ever uh, fresh that day, a matchup kind of thing, kind of play, whoever Madden feels. So I don't think it's just, you know, he steps right back in and everybody goes back to their old positions. So I, I am concerned about that. Uh, what do you think about Trevor Bauer? What is the issue for him right now? I mean, you know, the numbers are not terrible, but it's not what we drafted him for. You know, people drafted him in the second round, and, you know, he had that breakout year last year. What do you see from him that's the problem right now? Well, I mean, I said it in my starting pitcher preview, and I still think I'm still more bullish than the rest of the season projections of, of Steamer and the bat. But, I, you know, last year was the first year he did it, number one. Number two, his chase rate was up 5%. His first pitch strike rate was, you know, above league average for the first time in his career. And it was the first year his swing strike percentage was actually, you know, good. In the past, it hadn't been. So these were all things that were, you know, new to his game. And, look, the guy worked tirelessly on, you know, refining and adding pitches over the last two years. Maybe he's too much in his head and overdoing it that way, I don't know, because he seems like, you know, a strange kind of cat. But I still think he's going to be better than what we've seen. I know the XFIP and the Sierra are pointing at, you know, are pretty much backing up his current, uh, his, his current ERA. But I think the talent, and for now, the division he plays in, it's such an advantage. I don't know how much longer he's going to play in that division, because I think the Indians are going to have to make a decision come the end of June, sometime into July. Like, this is a guy that we can get a lot for. This team has pretty much stood fast by at the payroll kind of thing. They didn't sign Adam Jones for $3 million. You know, they need to, you know, free up money, and they can get a nice haul for Bauer. 
Uh, another pitcher, at least on the surface, that's that struggling, not for, especially for what you pay for, is Garrett Cole. I mean, Garrett Cole's got an ERA of over four right now, but yet his <laughs> strikeout percentage is up from last. He had a 34.5% strikeout percentage last year, which was by far a career high. It's even higher this year at 37.7%. His walks have gone down. Home runs have been the big issue. Is this an opportunity, if you can, from a panicking co-owner that doesn't look at these numbers as deeply to try and go get Garrett Cole right now, or are you worried about the home runs? No, look, I think you have to run and get Garrett Cole, make the offers. Going into yesterday's start, he led Major League Baseball in strikeout minus walk percentage, as you said, K percentage, uh, XFIP, Sierra, and his extra for Sierra, even after yesterday, are still excellent. If, he might be still leading in both those categories. I uh, think anybody passed him. Blake Stell might pass him on Saturday in strikeout percentage. So, look, the talent is all there. I'm doing my rankings this week for this weekend's article, and I really wanted to put him number two. You know, I really did. But to me, he's probably uh, fifth or sixth. I have him, and, you know, and it's, it's close because I really want to put Strasburg there because he's been amazing. Yeah, I tweeted at you today when you put Strasburg out. I drafted <laughs> this guy every year, and this year I said, you know what? What you have to pay for him, a fourth-round pick, guy's always hurt. I, don't th- I think he's reached, what, 150 innings one time in the last four years. I said, you know what? I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And, of course, in a year of injuries, he's healthy and he's pitching really well. Uh, and, you know, he still could go on the injury list at some point, mm-hmm. but – but did you were you invested in Strasbourg this year? No, I didn't want to get any, and I, I honestly, I, I thought his price was great. And I, like you, I've always had him, but I guess I kind of did because I didn't end up with shares of him. So if I really wanted him, I guess I would have got him. So I can't say yeah. I, I hate that when people say I really liked him, but I didn't end up, end up with any shares of him. If you really liked him, you would have got him. If you play in multiple leagues, you would have got him on teams. That's so true. I guess I really liked him, but I didn't get him. So. I guess I kind of did avoid. I'd have to assume. Yeah, it's funny you say. It's funny you say that because, like, I really liked Musgrove, and I got him in like in a draft champions league. And then I, I'm going through my leagues. I'm like, why don't I have this guy? So my home league auction. I'm like, I'm getting him. I don't care what I have to spend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did get him. But you're right. A lot of times, uh, I guess I could see it in a snake draft. But like you said, you know, if you really like them, you know, you'll go up a round or two above ADP to get that player. Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely a fair point. Are you doing any of the second chance leagues this weekend in the NFBC? Uh, you know what? I'm thinking about it, but it's kind of tough. I mean, I got mostly 15-team leagues. I got two 12-team online championship teams. One's in first, one's in second. And I honestly don't even give those teams the love that they deserve. Like, they're the last teams I go look at for fab and stuff. So I, I got to rectify that first. So I don't know if I can really take on another team because, you know, it's been difficult. The fact that I'm moving down with less and less fab may help, but it really has been uh, it really has been tough. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Frankie Montas, man, unbelievable. Six and two, a two point four oh ERA is allowing no home runs. I know you pay attention in spring. I saw him add the splitter, and I saw the velocity up, and, and I picked him up in a league first week of fab. Uh, is what he's doing legit? I, I believe so. I believe so, and just for the reasons you said, I mean, you know, that pitch, what do we look for? The, the two most telling things for pitchers is velocity and added pitch. The, the split has made a world of difference. 
And, you know, I, 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 I don't have many shares. I think I have a couple. And I'm, I'm pretty happy I got that. So, I mean, Frankie Montas. I mean, I, I know the other day was versus the Indians. But, look, you've got to give the guys credit for when they succeed versus these teams. Look at the Yankees. No, nobody says, oh, you know, Glaber uh, Torres has like eight homers versus the Orioles. He's doing it versus the teams he should be doing it against. Can we stop with the Yankees Orioles series? I mean, the Yankees just won again. <laughs> they just they, they just won again. They didn't even start Sanchez. They didn't start uh, Torres, and uh, it's unbelievable. Who plays your home again? Thank God. Yeah, uh, great. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> You know, look, I, I, I hate the Yankees, but, man, I got to give them a lot of credit with all the injuries they've had. But that's the difference. They have depth. The Mets can't withstand these injuries. They don't have the depth to overcome it. Hopefully I'm wrong, and they stay in contention and give us some hope, and uh, we head out to a game someday. But, Matt, always good talking to you, and we will talk again soon. You got it, Adam. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. Again, that's Matt Modica. Find him at theathletic.com. When we return, we'll wrap it up looking at the games from this afternoon and some lineups for the night here on Full Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Game time decisions. If I was like a hockey player, I'd be called uh, Baldy. Hey, Baldy, or I'd call you Kojak or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Kojak. Hey. Cam Stewart would be Cammy or Stewie. Yeah, Stewie's so easy. Yeah, I get Stewie, I think. A lot yeah, of Stewie. Yeah. yeah, Stewie. Stewie made some great plays in the corner today. <laughs> yeah. I'd be Gabby or uh, Maury. Maury. <laughs> <laughs> Maury came up big between the pipes tonight for us. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here till 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. And make sure you check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. My Stockwatch article will be up today for fantasy baseball, looking at players whose stock is up, players whose stock is down, and what you should do with them. Should you sell? Should you buy? Should you stick with them? Should you be patient on these struggling players? Check out the article. We also have our in-depth team outlooks for NFL purposes. 
from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He takes a look at the Houston Texans in his latest. He's got the Browns, the Steelers, the AFC East, so already with a good amount of teams up there and uh, very in-depth. So get started now and be ahead of the curve. Three fantasy football sleepers from Scott Atkins. And, of course, our closer depth chart and bullpen updates, always important. That's from Sean Childs as well. And you could ask any questions you have on the message boards and the forum. So uh, head on over there to fulltimefantasy.com right now. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. And uh, fortunate to be in Jersey here where I can wager myself, and it's a lot of fun, player props, I really do a lot of NBA, and I've had a great season in NBA, although I've been a little cold lately. So looking to get back on track as I have not uh, owed three of my wagers this week, but uh, I've been tracking them for about 14 weeks now, and it's 129.99 and four, but i got to get back on track. And that's the one thing you have to understand, no matter how well you do, that you're going to go through streaks where you struggle, and uh, you just hope to minimize those struggles, and that's what I'm uh, trying to do now. So uh, I'm leaning towards Toronto getting seven tonight. Uh, Lowry is dealing with a little bit of a finger injury, so uh, that's a little bit of a concern. They're saying Kawhi Leonard is fine, but he clearly was not the other night. He just didn't have the same explosion in that quad. Uh, and I expect the Bucks bench to be much better at home. Uh, and they played very well at home in the first two games of the series, although they could have lost game one. Toronto was very competitive in that game and really outplayed the Bucks for most of it. Then the Bucks just hammered them in game two. Um, so home court has mattered in this series. So uh, hopefully it's a good game tonight, and it should get most of the attention. There's no NHL Stanley Cup tonight, and there's not a lot of evening baseball. There's a game at six and a game at eight, and that's it. So uh, NBA should get a lot of the attention tonight. Uh, also, Impractical Jokers is on. I love that show. If you've never seen that show, check it out on True TV. There's a new episode at 10 p.m. Eastern. So I will DVR that, watch basketball, watch the postgame stuff, and then go watch Impractical Jokers, which is uh, one of the best shows on TV. And I'm be- if I was not a fantasy analyst, I would actually want to be on that show. That's what I would want to do because that's uh, my type of humor. I love to joke around, pranks. I uh, love that show. So uh, check it out. Let's look at the action from this afternoon. The Mets beat the Nationals 6-4. to four. They sweep the four-game series, and after getting swept by the Marlins, they rebound. They're one game under 500, and the Nationals are now 19-31. and 31. Man, I cannot believe how bad this team is. Uh, Adam Eaton had two hits. He was two for five. Juan Soto's really picked it up. He was three for three with two runs and a walk. I have him in a keeper league, and it's an OBP league. He's got a 374 OBP, so a little bit of a slow start for him. Victor Robles, two for three with a run and a walk. He's only hitting 244, but he stole his ninth base of the year. And, you know, the Nationals were down 3 1. Uh, Dave Martinez, the manager, got thrown out uh, in the bottom of the seventh, no, the top of the eighth, where Howie Kendrick on a check swing, and I don't think he went. They called him out. He went nuts, and. 
As we've seen before, sometimes when the manager goes crazy like that, they spark and fire up the team a little bit. Whether you believe that or not, well, it certainly appeared to be that way as the Nationals put up three runs in the top of the eighth. But the biggest problem for the Nationals this year has been the bullpen. And once again, the bullpen gave it up. Uh, Steven Strasburg was solid in this game. Seven innings, five hits, three runs, two earned, two walks, five Ks. He's now has a 3.25 ERA on the season. And in today's environment, that's phenomenal. I mean, you looked, uh, we talked about Garrett Cole at 4.11 ERA, Bowers over there at four. You know, that's the one thing I've always said about Strasburg is we expect him to be dominant. He's only had an ERA less than three one time in his career, uh, but he's been good this year and unfortunately just not getting the run support. Uh, he doesn't take the loss. It was Suero who got the loss uh, is, you know, his ERA is 7.17. So uh, that goes to show you the issues they've had there in the bullpen. Obviously, the Mets are really shorthanded right now. J.D. Davis is someone to look at picking up. I picked him up last week in a couple leagues, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And I think there was one other league that I picked him up in as well because uh, I missed out on a lot of the elite guys. Got Nicky Lopez, but I missed out on Austin Riley, Willie Catwood, and all those guys. So J.D. Davis was one of my like cheap pickups. And he's going to get the playing time now with all the injuries they have. You know, I thought maybe he had more of an opportunity at third base with Todd Frazier struggling, but... Uh, Dave is playing left field today, batting second in the lineup. He was one for three with a run, uh, so I think he gets an increase in playing time. Uh, Wilson Ramos, two for three with a run and an RBI. I know he's kind of been a disappointment. You expect more out of him after he got off to the hot start, but 250 for a catcher that's playing every day, not that bad. And Carlos Gomez with the big hit in this game, a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning. He also stole a base, and he also lost his cleat going from second to third. You rarely see that, but... Uh, Gomez providing the spark for the Mets. Steven Matz was not great today, but he pitched out of trouble, and that's something you, you want to see from him because I've mentioned this before. He's a guy that tends to struggle in the first inning, and he did have a couple runners on but got out of it with a 1-6-3 double play. He had another double play to end the second inning.